going on with sound. There it is. Well, we're back in the building, huh? Feel free to find a seat in here. If you really feel like you're too close to somebody or you're concerned about that, we are simulcasting in the other room as well. So. We knew that rain was going to hit right when we were starting today, so we thought we better stay inside. Plus, my sermon notes would have got soaked.
if you folks in the back wanted to help us out just in this way, if you see somebody come in, and they're kind of looking around, because they're unsure, because it's different than you other Oh, hey, look, hello, find a seat that you're comfortable sitting in. Will you just let them know that they're able to sit in here, but if they're not comfortable with that, uh, we are simulcasting in another room. Can you help us out that way? Because um, it'd be weird for me to say that in the middle of one of the songs. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We love seeing your smiling faces. We're glad that you're here for our first time back in the building. Pastor Aaron and Steph are on a getaway with their family, so sorry you're stuck with me. Um, but uh, we're going to have a good time today. God just really laid something on my heart that I believe is. And Laurel was just walking out so you can hear me say that. <laughs> <laughs> she steps out the door. And then the Holy Spirit grabbed a hold of her heart and said, No, stay. We just want to take a broken heart. So, okay. Let's worship together. Amen. <laughs>
doesn't matter if we're coming out of the speakers or not, right? We're still going to worship the Lord this morning together. So don't let that distract you. Just uh, seek Him with all your heart today, amen? Hallelujah. Turn on the chorus. Your name is power over darkness. I'm gonna see you. 
For the battle belongs to 
trust that declaration today, God, that we will see a victory, God. Lord, there's been a lot of defeat in our world. Lord, there's been maybe even some defeat in our personal lives over the last few weeks, God. But Lord, we thank you that we can hold firm and we can hold fast to the fact that you have overcome the world, that you have given us victory in every situation, in every circumstance, God. And I pray that today, as we continue just this journey of, of talking about how you have the whole world in your hands, God, Lord, that we would find your peace and we would find hope in the truth of your word. Lord, we, we pray that we find hope in the truth of this message today that you've laid on my heart. Lord, we need a heart change today in every life, God. Lord, I know I need a heart change, God. I know that if I'm not turning to you and turning towards you and letting your peace rule in my life, God, that I'd be a bigger mess than I already am, God. But we thank you, God, that we will see a victory. That you take what the enemy meant for evil and you use it for good. We just declare that today, God. We just pray today we would see the goodness of your mercy and your love in our lives, Lord. We thank you for every person that is here, every person that is tuning in on uh, the simulcast, the podcast, God. We pray that, Lord, that whether we're in this room or we're in our bedroom or we're in our living room or we're in our pajamas or we're, we're dressed for Sunday church, God, that we would encounter you today in a real way. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
good that um, you know the Holy Spirit really is designed and is created to encourage us and to it actually says in the word he's he's there to convict us of our righteousness which means a lot of us think that we've got this picture of God that like it's like it's all about hey this is the parts that you're messing up in and you need to just need to know how big of a loser you are, but that's not really what it's about. It's actually God sees you for who he's created you to be and where he wants you to go, and he wants to set you on that path, and he's always there to encourage you to say, we can do better. We can do better. We don't have to feel bad about that. We need to feel hopeful about that. We need to feel joyful about that. that hey, thank you, God, for pointing out the places that maybe my heart is not turned quite the right way, or maybe my attitude is not quite turned the right way. Or maybe my belief system is a little bit skewed based off of my own circumstances, my own pain, my own situation, my own upbringing, everything that's going on in my life, right? So I hope that by prefacing with that, you guys will hear my heart today. So, have any of you guys ever been in a season of life where you've experienced chaos? Oh, yeah. Unrest? Oh, yeah. Division? Tension? Separation? Hurt? Any of these words ringing true with any of you? All of them. Or any other word that may say things aren't going that great? Any of you in the last uh, 90 to 120 days experienced any of this stuff and said, all I want is peace? All I want is peace. Any of you feel a little bit like that story in Mark where the disciples are in the boat with Jesus? And there's a storm going, and Jesus is sleeping in the boat, and the disciples are going, Jesus, what are you doing? You're asleep. But Jesus knew what he was doing the whole time, and he stands up and he says, peace, be still in the calm. The sea is calm. Any of you wish that would happen in this season of your life that maybe you're already in? Maybe you're saying, I'm sick of the turmoil, I'm sick of the struggle, I don't have the answers, and I just can't do this anymore. Any of you parents said, I just want peace and quiet? Or if you've been in a big group of people, I thrive in big groups of people. I kind of like that for the most part. Uh, but I know there's people that are in big groups of people, and they're looking for every exit in the room, right? Because you want to find a place of rest and stillness and quiet. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Right. I had a laugh a, a bit a couple of weeks ago when Pastor Aaron had called me and asked if I would speak because I heard this old Rich Mullins song and I don't know if any of you know who Rich Mullins is and if you haven't seen the movie Ragamuffin I strongly encourage it but Rich Mullins was a, a he probably wouldn't even like this term if he heard it and he was on earth today but he was a contemporary Christian artist of his day and he wrote some really neat songs but he wrote this song called Hold Me Jesus and I do encourage you to watch that movie Ragamuffin if you haven't it's a powerful movie about a powerful journey of a guy that loved Jesus struggled throughout his entire life to live the life that he felt like Jesus wanted to live. And in this song, Hold Me Jesus, it says, So hold me, Jesus, because I'm shaking like a leaf. You have been king of my glory. Won't you be my prince of peace? That's what I want to talk about today. This is our prince of peace.
it probably could be a fitting topic, peace. I knew I needed to talk about peace fired up when Aaron, Aaron shared a little bit about because I was just like, man, I think maybe I really am hearing from the Lord. God's like setting this up and building uh, upon these weeks. And so, and I, and I certainly didn't know when I landed on this topic of peace that I'd encounter a situation in my own professional life this week that would change the director, the, the trajectory of where I'm headed. I'll touch on what's going on in our world here in a few minutes, and that'll be the part that probably may not be fun for some of us, but I'm going to touch on that because it's it's the bigger, more important issue. But I wanted to take a second to tell my story just real briefly because I hope that it helps somebody. I don't want to tell it for anything else. I don't want sympathy. I don't want anything like that. But without going into a lot of detail about my own story, many of you actually have already known that I have recently launched uh, new real estate career, and I and I've I've seen God's faithfulness in every corner. Um, just uh, people, I don't believe randomly, but people reaching out to me and asking about real estate things that I just wouldn't expect. And a person that is new back into business um, after a long, long time of being out of it to get those calls. And so I've seen God's faithfulness, and it's going okay. But my plan was just to work on the days off that I had and continue to work my regular job and do a good job with that until I was ready to make that leap. Because how many of you know if you're single, you can say, hey, I'll live in my car and I'll be homeless. It'll be okay. When you have a beautiful family like I do, you go, okay, they need to eat. (laughs) Yeah. And so, well, I was going to just work my regular job until I was ready to make the leap. And some folks had some other plans. And let me just say, I have hope in the truth that God uses all things for the good of those who love him. Because my time of employment at my regular job that I have poured my heart and soul into for the last five years straight, but have been on and off in that industry and with that company for 20 years, is coming to an end on June 30th. Uh, Happy birthday to me. June 30th is my birthday. But I look back on my time there with gratitude, despite the hurt that I kind of feel right now, the sting that I kind of feel. Because I grew professionally, I grew personally, I grew spiritually so much in my time there. There's things that I can look back on and go, that was a landmark in my life. That thing where there was no discussion about Jesus at all changed my very perspective and my pursuit of him. And I'm so grateful for that. I also look forward to not being on call 24-7. I'm the only person in the company that took every call, every email, every day. And I look forward to enjoying these guys a lot more. But only the peace of God can calm my heart and my soul right away, right now, and I'm grateful for that. Because it is so tempting to have high anxiety right now. It's so tempting to worry it's so tempting to feel like I need to get my whole story out there so everybody that knows me can tell me, Clint, you were right and somebody else was wrong. But none of that matters. God's peace will sustain me. 
The moments of fulfillment I get from being right or any of that other stuff would be so temporary. But God's peace will sustain me. And I thank God for his peace. And today as the world is divided, I believe that we are required of God to have honest conversations with one another. Will we be part of the problem or will we be part of the solution? Will we live from a heart of peace or one of division and debate? How many of you have seen a whole lot of people that you didn't know were experts on stuff be experts on stuff later? <laughs> huh? Right? Suddenly you think they've got degrees in poly science and cultural awareness and, and uh, economics and everything. Everything under the sun, right? And even as I said that we need to have honest conversations, you heard me say that, right? I said honest conversations. Not bother anybody? You've been sat down and go, hey, we need to talk, and you go, oh my gosh, what is about to happen? You might say, hey, Clint, didn't you see my latest post? My latest Twitter feed? Didn't you see my latest meme that I put up? I was honest. <laughs> I'm having those honest conversations. Didn't you see that? It was so cool. Isn't that what you meant? And I would say absolutely not. That's not what I meant. But I'm not condemning any of you because I know that I have said things in the past that have not been helpful to the conversations that need to be had. I know there's probably been times even in this room and in this church that I've said things that have not been helpful. Maybe a sharp remark. Maybe a shorter fuse. But what I am saying is, is maybe before we open our mouths and ask, or we, we open our mouths, we need to ask the question, am I speaking out to be helpful or am I speaking out to be right? And if the answer is to be right, I want to encourage you to go before God and figure out what he would ask of you. Because being right is not always being helpful. I'm not talking about right living. I'm not talking about making right decisions. I'm not talking about living righteously. Or standing up for people that are being put down or marginalized or deemed unimportant. God asks us to care for the broken heart. He asks us to care for the downtrodden. But I'm talking about caring about souls more than how many likes or how much conflict we can cause by spouting our opinion off to someone. See, the right way to have honest conversations is to have people over, to have a barbecue, to sit down for coffee, even if it's six feet away with a mask on. <laughs> to start a friendship with someone that looks different than you, that has a different perspective than you, that might even believe, sorry folks, differently than us. And can I just say that I really believe that if we can't have relationships with people that are different than us, then we may not be pursuing Jesus fully. If we can't sit down and love people, that they may say something that we totally disagree with. If we can't sit down and listen to them and love them despite that, 
then I want to submit to you that we are probably not pursuing Jesus fully. Listen, I have a whole bunch of people, family and friends, that don't believe the same as me politically. I have a whole bunch of people that look totally different than me, and I don't even understand their cultures fully. But I'm working towards doing that. I'm working towards having a relationship there. See, the great thing is, is that Jesus can change us. He can stretch us, and he can grow us. And the gospel is simple, and it's hard. It's simple because Jesus laid it out for us. But it's hard because we all have sinful hearts. You guys have probably heard this verse, although you may not have heard the first part before because you forgot about it. But Romans 12.10 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We usually leave out that first part. If it is possible. And that first part actually can mean a couple of things. It can mean that you need to realize that living at peace with some people is really possible and you need to actually make the effort to do it. And for other times, it's not possible to live at peace, and we'll talk about that. Maybe there's a relationship, but it's just not possible to have peace in that relationship. But you can still let the peace of Christ rule your heart. See, it is possible to create peace by not inciting division or drawing a firm line in the sand on social media. It's possible to do that. You know how it's possible to do that? I know you guys feel like I'm giving you the Facebook, Twitter thing, but and some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. And that's okay. But the point is, is the principle can be applied to a lot of areas of our life, right? It's possible. Do you know how it's possible? Be quiet. And pray. And because it's possible, then one simple way we can live in peace with everyone is just to be quiet and pray. And maybe this isn't fair, but I'm actually far more tempted if we're talking about social media to report a post that's coming from a believer that declares their opinion about the political and social climate on social media than I ever am opinions that I likely disagree with strongly from a non-biblical view. You know why? Because we're supposed to reflect Jesus. And there's not a political post on the planet that's ever led anybody with Jesus that I can think of. Maybe there is, but I think there are probably few and far between. And certainly, which president you support, which one you don't, which uh, movement you support, which one you don't, is not drawing anybody to Jesus. I'm not saying not to have that opinion, but I'm just saying there's a time and a place for that. And it, it needs to be in a real conversation. And it needs to be with real understanding. It needs to be with the heart of Jesus. It has nothing to do with not standing for righteousness. It has to do with the fact that souls are in the balance. And you can't create a relationship or point people to Jesus that don't believe him by pushing them further away because of our opinions, right? And some of us would say, but what about them? How about how they're acting? Have you seen what they said? Have you seen what they did? Do you see what they believe? It's messed up. Yeah, it is. But don't go there. We don't know their story. We don't know their pain. And we are the ones that claim to know Christ. And our relationship with Christ is personal before it is anything else. It's personal before it's anything else. And 
I think that all of us would say, hey, we don't have this whole relationship with Jesus figured out yet. We don't have it. You guys ever seen the fun Netflix show, Nailed It? You guys seen that? Anybody seen that? Another great show. Bunch of amateur bakers. They make these. They show this really fancy cake that they have to build, and then the amateur bakers have to uh, make it, and they usually miss badly. But they call it nailed it, right? None of us have our relationship with Jesus nailed, right? And so, how about this for a novel idea? And again, I'm I'm going to use it in the terms of social media, but it applies to our lives, even if we're on Main Street. Even if we're in a restaurant, even if we're talking to our neighbor, if we haven't prayed about it, don't post it. Right? And if you're going to post or say something, ask God how it helps people experience Him. And if the answer is it doesn't, then don't do it. I might have used this example one other time. But I just think it's such a wise example, and I shared a story, I think at one point with you guys, about being in a small group, close group of 20-something college-age guys. I was in this awesome Bible study, amazing guys. And there's this one guy who was just bemoaning every every area of his life the enemy was having victory in. Not one word about Jesus and what Jesus has done in his life came out. He was just bemoaning that. And I picked up the sword of the spirit that God's given all of us, right? And I started swinging that thing. And you know what the thing is? Everything that came out of my mouth was true. Everything that came out of my mouth that day was true. <laughs> but let me tell you, everything that came out of my mouth that day was not helpful. It was not helpful to that, that guy's relationship with Jesus. See, the sword of the spirit is a powerful tool that God has given us. But unless we know how to swing it, we need to put it down until we learn how to. Okay? We need to train. I'm not talking about never making mistakes or saying the wrong thing. I just told you a story about my own life. I'm speaking to the idea and the truth that it says in Colossians 3.15. This verse will come up there on the screen if you guys can see it. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since... We're members of one body. Oh yeah, we're one body. We're not a bunch of different entities. We're one body. Since we're members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. This first does not say we were called to be right. It doesn't say we are called to get the most likes or responses. It says we are called to peace, and that the only way to attain it is through Christ. Peace is the point. Peace is the point. And peace isn't weakness. Can I just say that? It isn't always attainable. John chapter 16 when Jesus is telling his disciples he's basically telling them hey by the way Peter John James love you 
guys. You're my power trio. But I'm going to be out a little bit. I'm leaving. In a little bit, bye-bye. Gone. And they're trying to figure out what he actually is saying. If you've read that chapter, chapter 16, they're trying to figure out, what do you mean in a little bit? In a little bit, why? Why won't you be here? What's, what's going on? And he actually says to them, hey, guess what? I know you guys are wondering what I mean. Right? Wouldn't it have been a great to have a friend like that? That, like, you're wondering something about what God's doing, or you're wondering something about your life, and they say, hey, I know you're wondering about this. Let me shed a little light on the subject. And it be truth. Right? And he says, the world will... Rejoice soon, and you will weep and mourn. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Just like a woman giving birth has pain, and all the women can say, oh man, the man cannot. Uh, once that baby is, is born, she forgets the anguish because of the joy of the child, right? I mean, babies cannot. How could you not be? And some people being the very cause of that crucifixion in the sense that they were like, kill him. We'll take the criminal. Free Barabbas. Crucify Jesus. Would you do that for us? And they saw him hung on that cross and they were excited and they were overcome with joy. Except for the people that were closest to him. They were weeping and they were mourning and they couldn't believe this thing was happening. So Jesus was referring to that and he was also referring to to the gift of the Spirit that brings us joy and peace. He actually references it in John 16, where he says, the Spirit will be with you. And some of you, this is the part of the <laughs> message that I, I get a little nervous about, because I don't want you to think that I was taking liberties unnecessarily to make a point. But literally, as I was preparing this message, and I was reading John 16, and I was reading the part about grief and mourning and weeping. I was thinking that sounds a lot like maybe a lot of the people have experienced in our world in this time. But especially, hang in here, nobody gets. Peace is still the point. 
I'm not saying breaking stuff and setting stuff on fire is the answer. And maybe you would say, how can you possibly compare the death of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to the death of George Floyd? Because he is not Jesus. And my answer would be a two-part answer. <laughs> You're right. He was not Jesus. And neither are we. But I would hope that we, or we would hope that people would mourn for us if we died justly or unjustly. Would we not? He was a father, he was a brother, he was a friend of many. That leads me into the next part of my answer. And, and hear me, I do not think at all that I have the answers to race relations in my back pocket. I have many black friends. I have many, many black friends. That I love the fact that I have them. Not so I can say that I have black friends, but because they have taught me so much about their culture and their struggle. And I have ones that pursue Jesus with everything inside of them, despite that hurt and struggle. And I feel like I can learn something from that. But the second part of my answer would be, he was created by and he was created in the image of God, just like all of us. And that doesn't mean that he made the right choices, but neither of any of us. I'm not saying that George Floyd or anyone else that died for the sins of man because nobody else did but Jesus. But just like all of us, his soul is the most important thing. I had a friend post a post this week that if you took the 16 most valuable uh, minerals and, and things that are in our body and we were able to just sell them with today's market prices, you know how much your body would be worth? $1,600. But do you know how much your soul is worth? It's priceless. That's why Jesus came. Because our souls is what matters. And the way that we live our life on this earth is what matters so that we can influence other souls and we can influence other people and we can be Jesus with skin on to other people. And if, and if we aren't heartbroken for souls that are led astray or mistreated, even if we believe that some of it is in their own doing, then we are not letting the, the peace of Christ rule our hearts. And we aren't letting the power of God rule our lives. God is broken for any soul that perishes, and we should be too. We need to have the daring to see ourselves as God sees us. And we also need to ask God to give us a heart to see others the way he sees them. This isn't about anything more than finding the peace of Christ in our lives so that we can be Jesus to other people. See, when we begin to see people like God sees them, when we begin to see ourselves like God sees us, that is where change will start. You know what? There's not one commentary that will fix our world today, whether it's the right opinion or the wrong one. The only thing that will fix it is when our hearts are turned towards Christ, when we let the peace of God rule our hearts. And this scripture will go up too in John 16, 33. So we were talking about chapter, or chapter 16 uh, of John. And you guys have heard this verse 
million times probably. I have told you these things so that in me you have you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Can I get a hallelujah? <laughs> right? But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Would most of you agree this verse is ringing a bit more true now than ever? In this world, we'll have trouble. I think, I think we actually stop reading that verse sometimes there. Well, I know I have trouble. Jesus is good. Okay. We get caught up sometimes more in the trouble than we do in the truth of the verse. Yes, it's true that we'll have trouble, but it's also true that Jesus said, take heart because I have overcome the world. You don't have to overcome it. You don't have to have the solution for COVID-19. You don't have to have the solution for race relations. You don't have to have an answer for the election cycle. You don't have to have an answer for the economy or the stock market. You don't have to have an answer for a direction that suddenly you feel like you're forced into that you never were planning on going. Because Jesus has already overcome the world. He will give you peace in your heart. And as he gives you peace in your heart, he will calm the storm in your life enough to see the next step for your life. Some people have talked about the will of God and said, well, what is God's will for my life? And they, and they begin to start thinking about this grand plan and how we're going to end up and what it's going to be like in 20 years. And it's okay to have dreams and it's okay to have goals. You know, maybe when you grew up, you thought you'd be the next Billy Graham or maybe you thought you'd be the next uh, great musician or, or, or maybe you wanted to just be a successful farmer or maybe you have a dream that you're, you're broken about because it hasn't come true yet. But can I just encourage you that doing the will of God in your life means day by day. If you can't figure out the day by day, you'll never figure out the rest of it. It means day by day letting the peace of God rule in our hearts. Day by day, not I'm not talking about not having tension because of some of the stuff that's going on in our lives. I'm talking about going, despite that tension, God, I trust you. If this doesn't help to take heart because we know that Jesus has overcome the world, I don't, I don't really know what will. Because this verse doesn't say waxing poetic or great means overcame the world. I mean, there's some funny memes. There's some funny coffee cups right now with labels. Ones that I laugh about all the time because I think they're awesome. Right? It doesn't say by determining who's right and who's wrong overcomes the world. It does say Jesus overcame the world. If we want to be on his side of victory, then we need his peace. We need his strength, and we need to create space for people to experience that same peace. Maybe you would say today, Clint, there is no peace right now. There's none. It doesn't exist. I can't handle what's going on. 
My social media page is too much right now. I want to hurt that fool every time he posts something. Can you believe that article he posted? It was not accurate. Mine was, but his wasn't. <laughs> Mine was from a trusted news source, and his wasn't. <laughs> My neighbor is too much right now. Right? My past is too much right now. My job is too much right now. It isn't possible to have peace in this situation or this relationship. Do you know how that person speaks to me? I can't have peace in that. I totally get it. I totally get it. It's true that it's not always possible to have peace in every relationship. I'm leaving one of those situations right now, and it isn't all by my choice. And I'm not saying my situation is bigger than anybody else's or harder than anyone else's, because I know that it's not. But guess what? Jesus overcame the world. And as the worship team comes back up, your past does not control your potential. And peace isn't stoic silence. How many of you, when I said the word peace, that's exactly what you envisioned? If I have peace, I'm quiet, nobody will know I'm here, I stand very stoically, I sit very quietly, and none of, your, none of that describes you, Clint. Sometimes that's what we picture when we talk about peace. See, because you can be you can be silent on the outside, and you can be boiling on the inside. <laughs> Anybody? Right? Some people appear to be at peace to avoid conflict or confront intimidation. And peace is not the absence, absence of tension. Peace is despite all of that, that our heart is turned towards God, and our trust is in him. Can we just allow the peace of God to invade our lives so that we can navigate this life? Not free of turmoil, but with hope that he will help us navigate the world we're called to live in. And that we'll be instruments of peace in this world. And that we'll point people to Jesus in this world. I'm sure we can all repent of something today. Probably any given day, any given hour. If that's the way we lived our lives, we could say, well, there's something I can repent of, right? Maybe for not allowing peace in our lives. For trying to be right before we were helpful. For creating division instead of unity. It may have to do with the race issue that our world is facing that is a very real issue and it exists. And if you don't think it does, we need to figure it out, okay? Maybe it has to do with that. But there is, there is very real pain and none of us in this room would have the words to solve that issue other than to call upon the name of Jesus. And ask for his wisdom, his peace, and his guidance and how we can help. And I don't want to lose sight of 
that situation right now. But maybe we just need to repent of how we've treated someone in this room or in our neighborhoods or at our workplace. And we just need to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts so that we can bring people towards him. We can point people towards him. The cool thing about repentance in any form is that it turns us towards Christ. It's an about-face. That's what repentance is. It's an about-face. If you have any military background, it's an about-face. You're heading one direction. You're going the wrong direction. You're not quite thinking the right way. The thing that you have out in front of you is not the way you should be going. And you repent, and you turn the other way, and you turn towards Christ, and you say, Jesus, have my heart, have my life, have my worry, have my struggle, have my turmoil. Maybe it's a particular act of sin that is keeping you from peace. Maybe it's a mindset. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's a regret. But can we just experience the peace of Christ today? So today, as they sing this song, that is such a powerful proclamation that there is an anchor for our soul. That is the problem. Some of us are missing the anchor. We're trying to do it on our own. We're focused on the trouble more than we're focused on the solution. If you can anchor your life to the right thing, you'll be okay. It doesn't mean that it'll be easy. It doesn't mean that you won't have trouble. But you'll be okay because you'll be anchored in Christ. And so today as they sing this song, I'm just going to ask that we would take a moment to pray. I'm going to pray first. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity to just, in the quietness and the stillness of your seat, to just pray a prayer of repentance, a prayer of of, of asking for wisdom, a prayer of asking for peace, whatever it is that God puts on your heart. Father God, we thank you for every person in this room and every person that is listening to this message that I believe that you put on my heart. God, we, we thank you, God, that there is peace in this place. There is peace in you, God. And Lord, that, that we can allow your peace to rule our lives so that we can navigate our lives in the way that you want us to. Lord, I just pray right now. I just pray, Lord, that you would forgive me of any, any thoughts, any attitudes, any mind, mindsets that have not created an environment that would be helpful. But I did it in an effort to be right, God. Lord, I pray that our nation would see a place in a season in this in this time, God, where we would have peace because of you ruling in the hearts and lives of men and women all around this globe. Lord, I pray that people would rise up to do the right thing and to, and to be helpful, God, and to be willing to have conversations. I pray that this would be a season, God, that, that even in the race relation area, God, that we would we would find ways to, to fill the gap and to close that gap, God, and to join and be unified, God, and to love others, God, and to, and to hear other perspectives, God. But that above all, God, that we would hear your truth in heart or in heart in our lives, God, to, to just trust you through it all. That how we feel isn't important. Us being right isn't important, but that your, your peace and your truth and your spirit residing in us is what's important. And so we just call upon your name right here, right now, God. We pray even in this city that we would experience your peace like never before. We pray in this country that we would experience your peace like never before. Lord, I pray that we would hit our knees
And we would open your word before we turn on the news and spout our opinions, God. Lord, I pray that for my own life.
Thank you so much. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So appreciate you guys. Have a great week.